This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So. For those of you who might be joining us for the first time, I am a psychologist who doesn't believe in psychology. I can't say that loudly and clearly enough or often enough. I um, am the author of, depending on how you count them, Uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 books. And the reason I say that is because a lot of my books have been updated, expanded, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So whether you call that one book or two is a matter of debate. I write a nationally syndicated newspaper column that appears in about 250 newspapers around the country, including the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and places uh, in between. And have been doing this newspaper column since 1976. I was recently told that it is uh, distinguished as being the uh, longest running syndicated column written by written continuously by one person. It's kind of a mouthful, so I had to really figure out how to say that. Um, I also go around the country and speak primarily in churches, uh, Christian schools. For more information and for my upcoming speaking schedule, you can go to johnrosemond.com. So a story in the Wall Street Journal, which I receive every morning on my iPad, It's the last uh, mean-spirited conservative newspaper in America, so I read it every day. Um, The story appeared in the Wall Street Journal recently, and it caught my attention because it uh, involved a subject that I uh, at times find very interesting, at times find very tedious, and um, depending on which side of the controversy is uh, talking um, and how they are talking. I sometimes get very irritated over this uh, particular issue. It's the issue of vaccinations. And the story in the Wall Street Journal covered the fact that uh, Robert De Niro, who's one of the organizers of the Tribeca Film Festival, Uh, a very uh, highly respected film festival, was persuaded by a group of influential physicians to pull from the lineup of films that were going to be shown at Tribeca a film titled Vaxxed, V-A-X-X-E-D. And the reason these physicians asked uh, De Niro uh, and whether it was asking or more or less demanding, whether there was any uh, arm twisting involved uh, is anybody's best guess. But the reason these physicians asked that this film be pulled is because basically it is a propaganda film. There is no doubt about that. I think that the uh, people who made the film, if they were being honest, would call it a propaganda film. 
It is an anti-vaccination film. And while it purports to be objective, it is, according to all objective reports, not objective at all. And uh, people who watch the film are encouraged to not have their children vaccinated. Um, So I want to talk about that in this segment of the show, because this is an extremely important topic. But first, full disclosure, I... Uh, Yours truly, your host, John Rosemond, I have been vaccinated against measles, mumps, diphtheria, rubella, whooping cough, smallpox, and shingles most recently, and have had none of these maladies. At one time or another, my wife received all of these same vaccinations. Our kids were both immunized, and they have chosen to have their children, our grandchildren, immunized. None of us, and we're talking three generations of uh, folks, family, has ever had as much as an adverse reaction to a vaccination. The vaccination controversy that is currently raging and has been raging for a number of years in America demonstrates, in my estimation, that it is possible to be an intelligent, sane person and irrational all at the same time. Uh, Here's an example. I recently received an online article written by an obviously intelligent person who was ranting about the imminent possibility, as he sees it, that the government will soon, shortly mandate vaccinations. In this rant, and that's an honest and, and, and uh, accurate way of putting it. In this rant, this individual, whom I happen to know, and uh, I, I'm on very good terms with him, um, but he knows I don't agree with him about this. Uh, he refers to America as a fascist state. That's quotes, fascist states, state, and refers to doctors who push for the vaccination of children as medical Satanists who are, quote, assaulting children with, quote, poisons. Well, my friend's high school English teacher obviously never told him that name-calling obscures one's point. And by the way, all of this brouhaha over vaccinations in children and vaccinations uh, being behind the increase in the diagnosis of autism, which I'm going to get to in a minute, all began, can be traced back to a fraudulent 1998 research paper by an English physician who subsequently, when it was discovered that he had uh, corrupted his uh, research uh, uh, procedures in order to obtain the results he was wanting to obtain and uh, 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 corrupted his data, was eventually stripped of his medical license. Uh, On the other side of this debate are some equally irrational rants. The author of a recent opinion piece in USA Today, for example, asserted that parents who refuse to vaccinate should go to jail and vaccines are, quote, safe and effective. Well, no, this is, I believe, still a free country where 
parents do have the choice to vaccinate their children or not vaccinate their children. Um, Now, there are some school systems in America that don't allow a child to attend. There are consequences, in other words, if you don't vaccinate your children. But if you're willing to incur those consequences, deal with those consequences, then you should be allowed to uh, not have your children vaccinated. Um, Likewise, uh, schools, being a public trust, should have the right to refuse admission to those kids. Uh, Furthermore, it is not true that vaccines are safe unless one is speaking only relatively, as is the case with any drug or medical procedure, any restricted drug, not over-the-counter, but any restricted drug or medical procedure, vaccines involve risks, even very serious ones. It is clear to anyone who approaches this issue objectively that the benefits of vaccination far outweigh the risks. The fact is, there's risk associated with everything, folks. There's risk associated with getting in your car and driving a mile to the grocery store. The diseases that I was vaccinated for as a child once caused a lot of suffering and death. And indeed, there are confirmed cases of suffering and death associated with childhood vaccines. But these stories are few and far between, and researchers have been unable to confirm cause and effect. Furthermore, nearly everything involves risk, as I just said, of some sort and some degree. There is risk associated, for example, with swallowing food, but I highly recommend it nonetheless. In 2012, the last year for which I was able to find statistics, the leading causes of death in children ages 1 through 4 were, in order, unintentional injury, congenital anomalies, malignant and benign neoplasms, you'll have to look that up, homicide, heart disease, influenza, septicemia, cerebrovascular problems, and respiratory disease. The only reason measles, whooping cough, diphtheria, and other childhood illnesses from years past are not on the list is vaccines. Those illnesses used to cause tremendous childhood mortality. Many, if not most of the injuries that are the leading cause of death in children age one through four are sustained in automobile crashes and the people usually driving the car in which the children are seated are these children's parents. How would parents who don't allow vaccinations yet transport their kids in cars all the time Explain that inconsistency. Per year, a lot more kids drown than die of vaccination. I doubt that there is anything approaching a one-to-one correspondence between being anti-vaccine and anti-water play for children. Parents who don't allow vaccinations are well-intentioned. There's no doubt about it, which proves that being well-intentioned and not thinking straight are not mutually exclusive. But then, people who suggest that doctors who advocate vaccinations are Satanists or that jail is the right place for anti-vaccination parents aren't thinking straight either. 
these folks obviously deserve one another. And that's been my opening rant for this show. I hope it hasn't been a rant. I hope it's been an intelligent discourse. I hope that it was anyway. Uh, This is John Roseman. The show is Because I Said So. And I'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Welcome back, and uh, thanks for staying with us. Um, I'm John Roseman. The show is Because I Said So, and we're all about parenting, which has become an extremely controversial topic in America over the last uh, 50 years or so. It wasn't controversial at all before then. It was something people simply did, and uh, they trusted that God had given them the skills they needed, the intuitive, commonsensical skills that they needed to raise their children properly. Indeed, that is still the case, I believe. Uh, Unfortunately, the problem in America today, as I said yesterday afternoon at a church in Charlotte, North Carolina, the problem is that the amount of parenting material that parents, and especially mothers, consume these days has uh, completely drowned uh, the reading parents' common sense in a deluge of verbiage, mostly produced by people in my profession, psychology, who have been waxing uh, idiotically about how to raise children Uh, according to psychological theory, for the last 50 years. And uh, the results of this, if you haven't noticed, have been disastrous. The results of listening to people with capital letters after their names tell us how to raise children has been an absolute, unmitigated, wholesale disaster for the American child, the American parent, the American school, uh, right on up to America itself. The new psychological child-rearing, which I call postmodern psychological parenting, it's postmodern because it's relativistic, it's do your own thing, you can raise your child apparently, supposedly, any old way you choose. It's uh, psychological because uh, today's parents are thinking as they raise their kids, especially those in the educated class, the middle and upper middle class, Uh, but it's not exclusively confined to that demographic, are thinking in terms of psychological theory as they're raising their kids. And, and, And by the way, this is what I talk about when I talk in churches across the country. I talk about the fact that, uh, Christian parents are no longer following in America by and large. Of course, there are exceptions to everything I say, but by and large, uh, Christian parents, And I'm talking about deeply committed, evangelical, uh, Bible-believing, saved Christian parents. Uh, The overwhelming majority of those people are raising their children according to, and maybe even unwittingly, psychological theory, bogus psychological theory. They are not 
unfortunately, for themselves, their kids, uh, their neighborhoods, their communities, and America are raising their children according to biblical principle. I keep saying, you know, these are God's children. We should be following his directions when it comes to their upbringing. We should not be relying on our own understandings or the understandings of other human beings. If we want to know how to do something as important as raising children properly, we need to go to the source, the creator, the guy who made all of this possible in the first place. There is no substitute for the Bible when it comes to the raising of children. But we drifted away from being a culture anchored by biblical principle in the tumultuous, disruptive, deconstructive 1960s. I was there. I, in retrospect, understand quite clearly what happened. I was swept up in it. I was a campus radical, a campus organizer. Yep, yours truly. Played in a working rock and roll band for seven years with all of the uh, dangers appertaining there, too. And, uh, you know, I had my hair down to my shoulders and all of that stuff. And uh, I'm sure, by the way, that all of this was part of God's plan for my life. Um, Because having been swept up in all of that in the 1960s, uh, having gotten really down into uh, leftist ideology in the 1960s, I, first of all, understand the leftist ideology very, very clearly, and I understand very, very clearly the overall cultural paradigm shift that took place in America in the 1960s. We became a postmodern, in other words, relativistic and progressive culture. Uh, The centerpiece of postmodernity is relativism. The centerpiece of progressivism is the very dangerous notion that new ideas are better than old ideas. And indeed, a bunch of new ideas came parading down the boulevard of culture in the 1960s concerning the raising of children. And these new ideas were being promoted by people who had impressive academic credentials a capital letters after their names, Dr. So-and-so, and on and on it went. And the American public, uh, you know, lacking skepticism concerning these people and what they were saying. And let's face it, I mean, the lay person, you, you can't fault them for believing that people with capital letters after their names know what they're talking about. The American public just uh, began flocking behind these people, these new Pied Pipers of parenting, and they, uh, you know, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but these people have led us over a cliff, a cliff. The mental health of the child since um, the 1950s, the last decade in my estimation during which children were raised by people who really and truly knew what they were doing, and whether they knew it or not, we're following biblical principle. Uh, the mental health of the uh, American child has just done a, a nosedive. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. Today's child by age 16 compared with the child in the 1950s, 
is 10 times more likely to experience a serious emotional setback by age 16. That, that is just wrong, folks. Uh, you know, we've, um, we've made tremendous strides uh, conquering childhood diseases, uh, conquering all manner of diseases that uh, used to claim tremendous life and cause tremendous suffering. And yet the mental health of the American child during the same period of time, the last 50 to 60 years, has just fallen off a cliff. And the people we have to blame for this are people in my profession, psychology. Of that, I am absolutely 100% convinced. As I've told you listeners before, I'm, I'm a guy who threatens uh, my profession. Uh, my licensing board has tried to shut me up several times. Uh, the Kentucky Psychology Board in 2014, uh, with vis a vis a cease and desist order sent to me by the Attorney General of Kentucky, uh, tried to force me to pull my newspaper column from the several Kentucky newspapers that it appears in, including the Lexington Herald Leader. And, uh, did this because uh, yeah, I'm threatening. Uh, they they didn't try and do this to Dr. Phil, Dr. Laura, Dr. Drew, because those people are good for business. Those people create the impression that when you have a problem of living or an emotional problem, you need to go to a mental health professional. I have dedicated my life to trying to help people keep themselves and, most importantly, their children out of the offices of mental health professionals. We've lost control of childbearing in America because for the last 50 years we've been listening to people, professional babblers who do not know what they're talking about. And as a consequence of the fact that two generations now have listened to these babblers, we are in a horrid mess concerning the rearing of children, and the only way, in my estimation, that we are going to properly reclaim this territory that we now call parenting is if we look exclusively to God's Word when it comes to the raising of children. I've written an entire book about that uh, titled Parenting by the Book. More information about that is available on my website at johnrosemond.com. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, and I am a psychologist, and I'm, I'm telling people all over America, psychology is a bogus profession, uh, no psychological theory concerning human nature, humanistic theory, behavioral theory, uh, a Freudian theory, the big three has ever been proven true. The efficacy of absolutely no therapy has ever been proven. Uh, no therapy has ever been proven to be reliably effective, in other words. Um, it's pretty well established that doing therapy with a child can make matters worse and probably will make matters worse. There's a higher likelihood that it will make matters worse rather than better. And I go around the country and I talk about this stuff. And guess what? They, meaning my esteemed colleagues, they don't like it. 
now, people sometimes ask the question, well, John, do you believe in, in counseling? Let me make a distinction. I believe in counseling. I do not believe in therapy. I believe only in counseling that is biblically based. I do not believe in uh, that people who practice what they call Christian psychology are any better than psychologists. Christian psychologists, in my estimation, are wolves in sheep's clothing, and Christians should stay away from them. Um, I've talked uh, over and over about this, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but if you want to find a good counselor, go to the Biblical Counseling Association, and they've got uh, a list of people on their website that you can access, and you can find a good person right in your area. The show's called Because I Said So. You want to email me a question, I might be able to take it on the air, radio at roseman.com. Thanks once again for being with us every Saturday, 5 o'clock Central Time, American Family Radio. Thank you.